Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. In Season 6, I'm taking you away from your everyday routine and we're going to Venice with an exhausted young executive called Emily Lee who badly needs a holiday. This is episode two, so let's hear what's happened so far. Emily has arrived in Venice from Munich and travelled across the lagoon to the island of Pacelli and the advanced centre for wellness and meditation run by the charismatic Dr. Caliban Leone, where she's staying. Now it's time for her to explore the island and meet some of the rather unusual other guests. So, make yourself a cappuccino, mix an Aperol spritz, and get ready to listen to episode two of Peril in Venice. As she joined Maria outside the building, Emily saw her talking to a young, tough-looking man. Milos, she assumed. His blonde hair was very short, and muscles seemed to fill the tight white shirt he was wearing. She couldn't see his eyes hidden behind the sunglasses he had on, but he didn't return Emily's smile as she approached. Maria didn't look him in the face as she delivered Leone's message. He turned away from her without a word and went inside. I'm sorry, Emily, let me show you the island. Maria looked upset. Who's he? Is that Milos? He's not very friendly. Yes, he works for Dottore Leone. Sometimes he picks up guests from the airport in the Dottore's motor launch. He buys the food and stuff we need from the mainland and takes things over there. He's always very busy. I think he's from Serbia. The Dottore found him when he was a little boy over there in a small village. His parents had been killed in the war, and he has been here since then. Who else works here? Oh, there are two other boys here also. They are both from Italy. Paolo does the cooking. He's really very good. Her smile told Emily that Maria liked Paolo for more than just his cooking. And Carlo looks after the buildings and the grounds here. Uh, And then there are two other hostesses, Valentina and Teresa. Where are you from, Maria? What brought you to Venice? I'm from Manila in the Philippines. I worked as a nurse there, but my family is very poor and we needed to pay a lot for schools for my brothers and sisters. So I took the chance to come and make some good money. Most of what I earn goes back home to my family. What are the guests like? Very nice, usually. Her mouth turned down at the corner slightly as she said this. They were walking along a path towards another building, where the yoga rooms and the mud baths were located. As they turned the corner of the building, a short, overweight young man appeared, dressed in a turquoise shirt, three-quarter length trousers and enormous trainers. The baseball cap on his shaven head was, of course, on backwards. 
The final touch was the sunglasses, the glass of which was orange. His red, sunburnt face suggested British tourist. The London accent confirmed it a moment later. Hey, Maria, who's your pretty little friend? Uh, why don't both of you come and give me a massage? Could be a lot of fun. Signor Tucker, Signora Lee is a guest here, Maria hissed at him. He looked surprised. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought, you know, you've been Asian and everything. I, I thought you were a hostess here. Emily gave him a hard stare. Don't worry, Mr. Tucker. We all make mistakes. When I first saw your skin, I thought you were a lobster. And taking Maria by the arm, they carried on into the building. Who was that? Emily asked, when they had both stopped giggling. Oh, Signor Tucker, he's another guest. He visits about every three months for a weekend. Normally Valentina looks after him, but she was too busy this time. So I had to take him. You always have to watch where he puts his hands. Every three months? His yoga must be very good by now. Are there many people like that here? Emily was rapidly rethinking the amount of time she wanted to spend at the centre. Oh no, mostly they're older and very kind. Nice people. You will see at lunch. Valentina told me Signor Tucker is some famous DJ in nightclubs around Europe and America. He's even had a hit record, she said. He doesn't go to the yoga sessions, and he's leaving tomorrow anyway. Come along this way. The rest of the morning, Maria showed her around the centre and the island. It was a small island, with paths leading between tall pine trees and rocks. The lagoon was all around them, and from the highest point, a small hill in the centre, Emily could see Venice, and further away, the Lido, where the Venetians would go to the beach and play roulette in the casino. There was a small bay with rowing boats floating on it. You can use one if you want to row around the island or go swimming. Do you do that? Emily asked. No, no, I don't like small boats at all. I can't swim. I'll only go on a ferry or the Dottori's big motor launch. They walked slowly back, Maria telling her the history of the centre. The Dottore comes from an old rich Venetian family, and this was their summer house. He was a brilliant student at the university here. He studied chemistry. Everybody said he would be a great scientist. Then, just after his exams, he left his family and the chance of a great career and went to live in India and Nepal. About 20 years ago, his parents died, and he came back and opened the Advanced Centre for Wellness. He learnt very many things in India, sometimes strange things, but he's been very kind to me. I'm grateful. 
I see. How brave to give up all those things and do something completely different. Is that his house over there? Emily pointed to a smaller building in the grounds, partly hidden by trees. Yes, that's right. He sleeps there. It's also where he prepares his special herb tea for the guests. The stuff we have for our breakfast. What's it like? Oh, it's good. I see a big difference in the guests. Many come here sad and depressed. I think this and the yoga is a big help. You'll see tomorrow. Maria pointed Emily towards the restaurant and went off to her room. As Emily reached the entrance, Leone was there to greet her. He smiled as she approached. So, Emily, let me introduce you to the other guests. Chapter 4 What's on the Cards? Caliban, darling, where did you find this lovely girl? Dottie van Mies came towards Leone and Emily in a cloud of expensive perfume, silk scarves, several miles of necklaces, and bright green lipstick. Seated behind her at a large table were the other seven guests at the centre. They all greeted Emily with interest when Leone introduced her. All except for Tucker, who said, We've met and continued to push as much food into his mouth as possible. Dottie sat Emily next to her and explained who everybody was and what they did. They were all in their forties and fifties, and mostly worked in the arts in some way. By the end of the meal, Emily had been invited to arts festivals in Paris, London and Rome, and a Russian video artist had asked if he could make a film of her having a bath for an exhibition he was planning in Moscow. Emily politely, but firmly, said no. Quite right, darling. Sergei is impossible, said Dotty. He made a film of me sleeping last year and then never used it. He said I snored. Emily turned her attention to the food. As Maria had said, Paolo the cook was talented. He came out of his kitchen to meet the new guest. Her meal started with a small pasta dish, freshly made white and green tagliolini with black truffles, butter and parmesan. Then came a large salad made of a mixture of different leaves and flowers and delicious prawns. From the Rialto market this morning, signorina. Finally, he served a raspberry panna cotta that tasted more beautiful than anything she could remember. Emily decided that however strange the guests were, the centre was worth visiting, just for Paolo's cooking. While Emily ate, Dottie talked. Emily learnt that she was from New York and was now on husband number three. Conrad van Mies III, a sweet man, 
but she seemed to love her three pug dogs, Sooty, Sweep and Sue, more than him. The moment Emily said how much she liked pugs too, Dotty decided they were friends for life. My poor darlings, I've had to leave them behind for three weeks. I do hope Ivan is looking after them properly. Dotty didn't have a regular job, but was well known as a fortune teller in Manhattan. All those sex in the city types come to me, politicians as well, or if they're too shy themselves, they send their wives along. What method do you use? asked Emily. In her childhood in Malaysia, Emily could remember her Chinese grandmother telling the fortunes of all their neighbours with cards, sticks and coins. And sometimes, when nobody was looking, Emily would throw I Ching coins to see what they could tell her about the future. The tarot, of course. And after my siesta, we shall ask the cards about you. I want to know who you really are. Dottie was not an easy woman to refuse. And so it was that some time later, Emily found herself sitting opposite her at a table under a sun umbrella on a terrace facing across the lagoon. Dottie pulled a pack of tarot cards out of her handbag, a pretty tapestry bag decorated with pug dogs that she had bought in Venice. So, let's see what I can find out. She shuffled the cards with their strange figures and symbols together and laid them on the table in the shape of a cross, then turned over a card. It was a king on a throne holding a yellow ball with a star on it. The king of coins. Well, this is in the past. It looks like you were linked with a powerful person, probably a man who was only interested in himself. Emily thought to herself of Frank Churchill, her former boss and boyfriend, who is now sitting in prison for murder and fraud. That sounded just like him. Dottie continued. But this person's influence is decreasing. The next card shows who has come into your life recently. It showed what looked like an old man in long grey woollen travelling robes, carrying a light. Ah, the hermit. This is a wise person who can teach you a lot. Well, that's Caliban, darling. Easy. Now, next card. What else should you be looking out for? Well, the Page of Cups. That's very nice. Somebody very close to you. He or she'll help you in some important way. Well, I suppose that could be Filippo. He's coming to show me around Venice next week, and I'll definitely need help with that, said Emily. Ah, Filippo. What a lovely name. Is he your boyfriend? No, no, no. He's just a friend. We work together. 
He's from Sicily, but he knows Venice well because he studied here. Are you sure he's just a friend? The card suggests something more. Well, that's nonsense, Dotty. He has no interest in me, at least not in that way, and I have none in him. He changes his girlfriends more often than he changes his shirt. Well, I'm sure you know best, dear. Perhaps there's a reason why he keeps changing girlfriends. Anyway, let's see what's on its way that you need to watch out for. She turned over the last card. It showed a figure of death seated on a horse. Oh, that's not so nice. It seems to say there is something dangerous approaching for you or somebody you know. It could mean crash. The sudden noise made them both jump and Emily knocked the table so hard that the cards fell to the floor. They hadn't seen Maria coming towards them with a teapot and cups on a tray. Now she stood there, empty-handed, trembling, and staring at the brightly coloured cards, scattered on the terrace like strange exotic flowers, ignoring the broken things around her feet. Dotty found her voice first. Maria, darling, what are you doing? You terrified us. Emily started to pick up the pieces. Maria knelt beside her and took Emily's last card, which lay a little apart from the others. I'm sorry, Signora. My mother taught me that these cards don't only tell the future. They make it. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best way for more people to find out about Behind the Bottom Line. And it would also be great if you could visit my website on www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review there or on Apple Podcast. And for the first 10 people who leave a review about Peril in Venice, I will send you a free signed paperback edition of the book you just have to go to my website leave a review message me your address and that free copy will be sent to you wherever you are in the world remember that's on www.behindthebottomline.com in next week's episode emily goes on a trip they're not the kind she normally goes on when she's on holiday and she also finds out that there are very strange deliveries being made to the island in the middle of the night. So until then, take care and goodbye.